0: welcome back to that's debatable here we break down a controversial world issue then we use evidence and research to debate both sides the world is a complicated place and we help you to make sense of it so without further ado let's get started
1: Welcome back to another episode of That's Debatable. I'm Creed Finnefrock. And I'm Miles Aviles. Today
0: we're going to be talking about some different approaches to school that you may have. We're going to be talking about five things, namely the possibility of taking a gap year, uh, taking Running Start, taking athletics in high school, whether or not you should take more difficult classes in high school,
1: and if you should skip ahead grades in high school. The first issue that we're going to get into is whether or not you should take a gap year. So one of the pros of taking a gap year is that it allows time to separate from academics and rest the mind a bit while also gaining cultural experience and traveling around the world. Yeah, I agree. I think a gap year could
0: definitely be helpful to find what you want to do in life because a lot of high schoolers like me don't necessarily know exactly what their course is going to be. And I think a gap year could help with that through volunteering and things like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And one of the things with gap years, though, that is a con about it is that actually, it can really slow down your academic momentum, uh, especially in STEM related fields. So with mathematics and science, missing a year to a year and a half really can hurt your chances in the future. And uh, just with your studying of those subjects in the future. Uh, I know that when I took, I think it was about a year or almost a year break from math classes. uh, It was really hard for me to catch back up. And I did eventually catch back up, but it took a lot more effort to do so.
0: Oh, for sure. I would imagine, especially if you're not doing anything super productive in your gap year. That's the other thing about gap years is
1: you need to have a really solid plan going in to make sure you're not just wasting all that time. Yeah. You don't want to take a gap year to just sit down and play video games for an entire year and then all of a sudden have to go back to school and you have no work ethic because (laughs) all your work ethic went into video games. Yeah. Um, but another, I mean, one of the good things about gap years is that if you manage it well, you can gain a lot of experience, uh, job experience. You can get ideas of what you want to do because, you know, as Miles said earlier, uh, high school students don't really know what to do. Like if everyone's had this where someone in their life, an adult would be like, hey, what do you want to do? Or what do you want to major in? And, you know, you're just standing there like, uh, shoot, I haven't thought of it yet. So yeah. what gap years can do is you can kind of go around and experience different things if you get a job during that time, it can help with future financial stability, it helps you learn how to manage money, and it also helps teach you how to work hard, uh, so that's one of the good things about gap years.
0: Yeah, the average in-state tuition in college is 9000 per year, and out-of-state is 26000 so you can imagine that it would be a helpful time to eliminate some of those fees. But another thing about gap years is a lot of people actually use them to travel, and with that comes a lot of spending, and so you need to budget correctly.
1: Yeah, and if, if you know people around wherever you are or where you wanna travel, it's a lot easier because you'll be able to stay with them, and so you just have to pay the fees to actually get there. Uh, I know that when my dad traveled and did a gap year, he went to many people's homes and then would work for their companies or businesses uh, and then gain job experience from them and just be able to stay with them for the year, uh, and then he went back to school the next year, uh, and he said it was a great experience because he got to travel around the United States and he did a lot of <laughs> different jobs. So that's something that's really cool that can come out of Gap years.
0: Yeah. What do you think a person has to gain from like getting out of their own bubble and experiencing other cultures?
1: Th- there's a lot to gain. Uh, first off, one of the things that you get from that is just an understanding of seeing what other people go through. Uh, and then you're able to relate to them more. And because of that, when you get back to wherever your home is then you have a new perspective on life and you can understand, you know, world news, politics, that sort of stuff better. Uh, and then another thing is just broadening your horizons. Cause you know, if you grow up in one spot for your entire life, you're probably going to not want to move or maybe you will, but a lot of people will just have that as a normal. And then when they get into a new setting, it's really hard for them to adapt. So taking yourself out of your comfort zone, moving around, going to new places can really help you be able to adapt in the future. Uh, And I know that's been true in my life. I haven't had a gap year, but I've moved a lot in my life. And at this point, you know, when I move around, it's still difficult, but it's become a lot easier and, and I know how it works and I'm able to adapt a lot better.
0: Yeah, that's true. You definitely gain a lot of experience from a gap year if you use that time correctly. And I think you could also gain a lot more maturity than just going straight away to college, because as we've said earlier, people often use that time to volunteer and so they can see a lot of the problems or the good things about the world and see where they kind of fit into that
1: yeah one of the difficulties though with gap years is that you enter kind of the workforce later in life so like the educated workforce uh because you're a year behind right usually after a gap year so you go into that gap year, uh, maybe you stay a year behind and then you come out and let's say you graduate from high school at 19 or 20 if you had multiple gap years in like high school or middle school. And that's something that's kind of difficult and then you get into college and then it you know can be harder too, um, because you're older and you've got a lot more responsibilities at the same time.
0: And you got to think that jobs might want someone who's younger to be able
1: to stay in their program longer. Yeah, and people look at someone and they're like, huh, you have a missing year here in high school and you graduated a year later or, you know, same from college and they, they might have questions about that. So unless you actually did something good and learned a lot through your gap year, it, it doesn't seem like a great idea to just go straight into a gap year. But if you plan out your gap year, you do a lot of good stuff, you learn from it, it's probably one of the, something that's really good for you to do. Um, not saying it's better than just going straight through school, but it's, it's an option that is a very strong option if people choose to go that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. Colleges always want to see that you're a well-rounded person. So it's not always about having this perfect academic record, but it's also what you do outside of school. So that could be volunteering or extracurriculars or if you take a gap year, whatever you do with that time there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Colleges do look a lot at your grades and the difficulty of classes you take, but one of the things that Miles said is is completely true. It's that they look at your character and other things that you've done. Uh, For the colleges that I've applied to, most of them, for the essays or, you know, the resumes that they're asking for, the main focus on those is volunteer work or how you act in certain situations. And so, you know, for interviews in the future, that's another thing too. You can take that gap year, you can experience interviews and learn what it's gonna be like in the future when you apply to certain jobs.
0: All right, so the next topic we'll be tackling is Running Start. So Running Start is a program where you can earn high school and college credits simultaneously. Here in Mercer Island, we have a system where you can do this through Bellevue College.
1: And Creed actually has done that for the past two years. So do
0: you wanna tell them more about that, Creed? Yeah, so
1: one of the big things, uh, the selling points of Running Start is that you do get college credits at the same time as high school. They're weighted the same as any other college credit. And it's, it's a great way to get ahead in high school. And also, you know you can complete your AA as soon as you graduate from high school. That's, that's one of the biggest selling points. I unfortunately took too many math classes to be able to do that because it's very English and history based, but it's a great option for people to do. And if they don't get their AA, they have a bunch of college credits that they're able to use in the future.
0: And to be clear, that's an associate's degree, right?
1: Yes, that is. Do you know what that allows you to do? Uh, It lets you kind of skip your first two years of college. So if you get your AA through, let's say, Bellevue College, where I'm taking it, then you can go to another college. And if they accept all those credits, you're going to be able to go pretty much straight into your junior year of college. So it's a really great program to get through college faster, too. And what it does is... it. It's actually the government paying, or the school and the government paying for your schooling. So you end up only having to pay between $100 to $300 per quarter, and that's taking three classes out of college. So very, very cheap compared to normal, and it's a great option for students to take.
0: Yeah, for sure. What would you say are some of the advantages other than
1: uh, just getting both credits at once? One of the other advantages is getting the actual experience of college because a lot of people go from high school into college not knowing what to expect and what running start does is it you've already been through that when you go into college so you go into college you kind of know what it's like and you actually have a little bit more freedom because you're not tied down to your high school anymore um which is something really good and you know it there's some of the cons of it is that the classes are quite a bit harder um for me i've noticed that the math and science tend to be a lot more difficult than in high school, but English and history tend to be about the same level or actually easier, which is something I found that's really interesting with the college courses. So Yeah, and correct
0: me if I'm wrong, but I think being a Running Start student, it takes a lot more responsibility on your part.
1: Yeah, very much so. I think one of the big things that I realized through my journey in Running Start is that with online classes that I'd been taking, a lot of them were asynchronous and so you have to do this all on your own. When test day comes around, the only person you can blame is yourself. and that's something that you know you don't necessarily want to do, but it's a really good way to get that experience of kind of training yourself to learn how to do these things uh, on your own. and it is it does take a bit of a leap in maturity to be able to manage your own time. But once you get down and settled into kind of a program and just to, you know, you make it all habit, uh, it becomes, it's still not easy, but it becomes a lot more doable. And there is more freedom that comes with Running Start too. Uh, I can, you know, sometimes get out of classes by noon and then just be able to do homework and relax the rest of the day. Whereas, you know, people in high school are stuck in school between 8 and 3. And then if they've got sports after, until like 5.30 or 6. So Running Start creates a lot more freedom, too, for whoever is doing it.
0: Yeah, it's hard to imagine a school day where
1: I can just choose exactly how I want the order of things to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty nice, actually. Um, one of the other things that's really appealing is you get to take classes and what you're interested obviously you have to finish your high school things uh high school classes but once you finish your high school classes you're able to take a lot of different electives that you couldn't get at a high school um you know and the political science classes is one of the things that i took at bellevue college and uh, it was definitely a new experience for me uh i don't know it's kind of a sometimes the classes like that are hit or miss but you know, overall there's things like that where you probably wouldn't find as much of a class like that in a high school.
0: Yeah. And the pacing of the class is much faster. So I've heard
1: much faster. So you get an entire high school credit and in a quarter of college. So compared to a high school schedule, it would be like in trimesters where it's three college quarters go into one high school year. Um, But you can get up to nine credits, nine high school credits in one year of Running Start. And then if you take one high school class at the same time, you can technically get 10 high school credits in one year of Running Start. Yeah. And for those who
0: want to, who are thinking about joining Running Start, keep in mind that you don't have to, it's not an all or nothing. You don't have to take all classes at Running Start or all at MIHS. You can mix them.
1: Yeah, currently I'm doing three classes at Bellevue College and one at Mercer Island High School. Now, if you take, there is like a credit limit uh, for college, uh, and that's 15 credits per quarter. Uh, And So if you go over that, you have to pay for that extra credit or however many extra credits on your own. But you're given basically 15 credits for almost free. Yeah, you just have to pay for like textbooks and fees. Yeah. That's, that's basically all you have to pay for, which is great because if you're taking history and English courses, that basically costs zero dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah. What would you say to someone who really enjoys the experience of high school? Do you think you lose some of that doing Running Start? Yeah.
1: I totally lost my connection to Mercer high, Mercer Island High School. I mean, part of that is because it's online. So being online makes it a lot more difficult because you can't go into high school anyways. Like, this it's honestly my running start experience is probably different from almost everybody else who's done it, just because a lot of it was online, um, and it wasn't like a normal college schedule. So I, I lost a lot of connection to my high school, but I'm the type of person who hasn't always been super connected to things like schools. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't too difficult for me, but it, I definitely uh, had losses on that department. One of the last things I wanted to bring up about running start is. a a con that comes with it because of more difficult classes and a lot more time and effort you have to put into your classes and your own personal time management uh doing running start classes often can end up in a lower gpa or lower grades just because of the difficulty of such classes i know that for me that was it's pretty true i i've been pretty high grades throughout high school and then in Bellevue college it was similar but because it's a step up in the academic level, it does become a lot more difficult. Uh, a good thing that does come with this, though, is a lot of colleges do tend to look at your course load instead of GPA alone. So if you can keep your GPA in a good place, but then also show that you've been doing difficult classes, uh, it's something that good can come out of. But uh, having your GPA go lower, if if it goes too low, sometimes it can be pretty depressing to look at that. So
0: Yeah, that makes sense. because. A lot of people in college might ex- or in high school might expect to get like all A's, for example, in every class. But then they go to college, and that's very, very difficult to do, and not
1: really expected of you, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, like my math teacher, um, he he's basically like, if you have a B in the class, that's really good. <laughs> and so I, you know, for me, I've always wanted to be able to get A's and high A's in my math classes, but it it's gotten a lot harder. So I currently have a B in the class, but, you know, it's all right. I'll figure it out. All right, let's move on to the next subject, athletics in high school. So, Miles, do you want to get us started on this?
0: Yeah, I think athletics in high school are a
1: really good way to find
0: your little community because high school itself probably isn't going to find you your community. You need to find it with things like clubs or sports in a lot of cases. And I know personally I do cross country and lot of my friends in high school are from cross country for that reason yeah
1: and for me i'm a wrestler and so wrestling is kind of the thing that kept me connected to the high school as i said with running start i wasn't very connected to it but wrestling's really what kept me connected to the high school and uh it brings a lot of school pride with athletics uh to be like yeah i represent this school for whatever sport uh especially if your team's good if your team's not that good it doesn't bring as much school pride but you know (laughs) it's a good thing to have with athletics during school.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a big sense of camaraderie. Like even even if your team's not good, I think. Like I did wrestling one year with Creed and the team and they we had like 20 people probably. Yeah. And we were smaller than 20, pretty 25. much five. We yeah. we were smaller than pretty much all of the schools we faced and we got stomped for the most part if i remember correctly no
1: we were actually pretty average we've been a pretty average wrestling team and then this last year uh season that just ended we are a really good team now yeah and we're gonna for the next four to five years i'd expect mercer island to be at the top of of the wrestling yeah world in washington i guess uh-huh. not at the very top but we've got a lot of good wrestlers
0: but my point being even if you aren't If your team isn't like crazy good or whatever, you're still
1: going to be able to find like your community there and people that will always cheer you on in your events. Yeah, exactly. And I think another thing that comes with athletics is it teaches you a hard work ethic. It kind of forces you to actually learn it, Uh, especially with sports like wrestling. The coaches aren't going to let you just suddenly take it easy because you're, I don't know, you're tired. And they're going to want you to keep going. So what that does, it helps teach you how to have a good work ethic and how to force yourself to get through things that you might not like. And then you can apply that into school. And another thing that comes with working out or just pushing yourself in athletics is it really afterwards you feel really uh, rejuvenated and kind of like, hey, I accomplished something. And then you can take that as momentum into your schoolwork and into things like that. Uh, One of the negatives is that it does take up a lot of time out of your life during those athletic seasons but it does bring a lot of positive too.
0: Yeah, it's also a very good way to stay in shape because you're pretty much forced to work out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically wrestling again for this one, it's like, yeah, you're forced to work out. Yeah, um, wrestling practices were definitely the hardest practices or any athletic event that I've ever done. Yeah, I, I played football and I did soccer for quite a few years. Football, I was the kicker, so I don't get to say too much about that, <laughs> but for soccer i played soccer for many many years and as soon as i made that switch to wrestling i was like oh geez this is a whole new intensity because i remember my very first wrestling practice ever i came out of that and i was like dead like dead tired and i was like this is the very first practice of the year they took it easy on us right (laughs) because the first week they take it easy on you just so they can see who wants to stay and then who wants to really put in that effort, and just so that people who have been not working out much during the off season can kind of get back into it. But I, I could, I would do like five soccer practices, uh, and not have you know not lose as much energy as I would have from one single wrestling practice. It's, it's like that <laughs> that type of intensity. Yeah. But you know, it working out and just doing athletics in high school is really really great uh, to stay in good physical shape too.
0: Yeah, and with these sports, you're probably not going to feel like doing it a lot of days. And so it's important to have that commitment and to really have the drive to, well, yeah,
1: the drive for one thing and the discipline. Discipline. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Having a discipline to actually go when you don't want to. I I know that for wrestling, my first two years, for me, it was very much like, ah, I'm learning, I'm not super connected. But then after, you know, partway through my junior year, I was like, oh, geez, I I really want to put effort into this. And then this year was the very first year where I was actually, like, in wanting to go to practice every day, uh, which sounds insane once you've done a wrestling practice. But going to wrestling practice every day, instead of being like, oh, shoot, I got to go to practice again, it became something that I was wanting to do. And I think that for any other sport, it can go like that, too, where at the beginning, when you're not very invested, it seems more like a chore to do. But then towards the end, when it's maybe your last season or something, you're really focused and like, I want to make this as good as I, as it can be.
0: I felt like when I was doing wrestling, I was just perpetually hurt.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's just a wrestling thing. I've, I've actually been kind of known for being constantly injured during the wrestling season. Like it's, it's bad. I'll come home from practice and my family will be like, yeah, so what injury did you get today? And I'd, every other day or so I'd have something going on. But that, that's more of a me problem. Yeah. Uh, most wrestlers do not have that issue.
0: <laughs> wrestling makes you weak. You heard it here first.
1: No, that is, that is not true. <laughs> wrestling does not make you weak. Okay, honestly, this athletic section has turned into a wrestling section. Um, <laughs> do you want to do anything else about athletics or um, move on to the next section?
0: We could probably move on at this point.
1: All right. So next section is difficult classes versus more unique classes. Uh, this kind of is like, you know, should I take maybe an AP course or something really unique that could get me job or somewhat like a job experience like radio,
0: something where you're applying your knowledge more so rather than just learning and taking in knowledge.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the big issues with this is that the only time I would say it's more important to take a unique class is if you're going to be really invested into it, and then maybe pursue that As a career Um, so like with radio if people want to do radio that's fine but they could get a lot more benefit out of taking a more difficult class if they're not going to be very invested into radio
0: yeah but then it's the whole issue of well how do you know
1: how do you know what you're going to be invested in before you start yeah I think one of the things with that is for freshmen and sophomores it's it's easier for them to take classes just to experiment So I think in your freshman and sophomore year, it's totally fine to experiment with what you want to do. But then once you get into your junior year, you really want to be taking classes that you're super invested in because that's the year you're sending in a lot of uh, information to colleges. And then your senior year too, because that first half of your senior year is just as tough or even worse than your junior year. And so you're sending all of this information and you want to have classes that you know that you've done a lot of good work in. If that means taking AP classes and getting high grades in those, that's great. And if it means taking classes like radio where you're in leadership positions or you put a ton of work in and you actually are considering radio as a job opportunity in the future, then that's also great. But if you're taking classes like radio and not caring or taking AP classes and not caring about those either and not doing well in them, then there's issues with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot to gain from taking a class like radio or something like journalism or yearbook because it gives you an experience that you don't really get anywhere else in high school in my opinion like yeah. where, where else do you get to create something where the class is focused on creating something it's
1: just it's it's really interesting you know it would be really cool if we had welding at our high school yeah. i think that would be something really cool i don't know how uh that would work necessarily but it would I don't know. I, do you think the school would allow that? I think there's too many injuries that um, could happen. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably we'll probably let in logging before that happens. That would be really cool. <laughs> if there was a logging class. Also very dangerous. It, it, yes, it would be. Uh, what about a class on uh, mining?
0: That'd be cool. Yeah.
1: It would just be doing Minecraft all day, but you know. <laughs> um all right, so back to difficult versus it's like speed, not so difficult. Speed classes. running health problems. That would, my that name. would be interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, but I think another thing with difficult classes, and this isn't the most connected, but I think that difficult classes can be better than more regular classes because they're a lot more engaging. Like I've taken a fair share of difficult classes and easy classes, and I can say that many times the difficult classes are actually much, well I don't want to say easier because they're harder, but they're more engaging and they're the classes that I look forward to and the classes that I remember back to
1: later on. Yeah, I'd I'd say it's a similar experience like that for me. Um, I do I have had a couple difficult classes where I just absolutely couldn't stand them. Um, And so honestly if you're taking difficult classes choose the ones that you know you're going to want to do and if and the ones that you know you're going to be motivated to do, even on days where you really just don't feel like doing it. I know that doesn't really make a ton of sense, but just having that motivation to stick with those difficult classes, choose the ones that you know you're going to be putting a lot of effort into. Yeah. Also, it helps to maintain a positive attitude.
0: Like I know pretty much in every math class I've been in, people are always just so so negative, And I think it really gets in their head when they're just repeating this stuff to themselves all the time. So have some positivity, you know, it's unity week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, obviously. Um, Another thing with math classes specifically, I feel like one of the main reasons people dislike them so much is because when tests come around, there's not any resources. Whereas in real life, if you're doing math, you're going to have resources. Now, obviously, it's understandable why teachers are like, no, you're going to have these things specifically, and you can't have the internet um, because you could literally just look up the answers on the internet. But I think one of the important things with that is just, you know, there's learning how to do those difficult things on your own. Um, And as much as I would like to be able to use internet during my tests, uh, I think it's probably a good thing that I can't.
0: Yeah. One of my teachers last year allowed us to use the internet on tests. That is so great.
1: I, I know my history teacher, she let us take a lot of notes and use those for our tests. Yeah. Yeah. With history... History and English classes, you tend to get note cards to use, but math and science, they're really strict on no note cards.
0: Yeah, I, I also got note card in science. It's pretty great because I could just, like, if you just write super small on a note card, you can get in the whole unit's
1: content. <laughs> could you use both sides of the note card? Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. Man, that's that's nice. What Hi. if you make a 3D note card that, like, expands like an accordion? Ooh, that would be really cool. You, do you know what a Mobius strip is? Uh, No. So it's a piece of paper like a long piece of paper or just a long piece of thing and then if you invert one side and then connect the two ends together it creates if you run your hand your, your finger across the, th- the thing it'll go in a full loop and it becomes all one side ah it is really cool so technically if you were allowed one side of paper you could just make a mobius strip out of it it would have to be a really oddly shaped paper but it would be something that you could do and then technically It's one side, so you could use that on the test. That's true. Get more writing room. Uh, Another thing you could do... I feel like this is now telling you how to cheat on tests. We don't want to endorse that, but these are some interesting things people have done. Another thing is, uh, you know those like uh, 3D glasses that are red and blue? So uh, there was a guy who wrote uh, on this note card all in red with one pen color and then all in blue with the other. And so when you put on the glasses, he could close one eye or the other and then see those notes and uh his teacher technically couldn't do anything about it because he followed the rules but he just got extra room because of the glasses so yeah and then they banned that from his college afterwards (laughs) so you can no longer do that that's really smart though that should be allowed i i think that if you're smart enough to come up with a way like that to get extra room on your paper i think the teacher should just be like yeah that's clever for now it's okay but no more
0: yeah what I don't get is why people don't use graphing calculators
1: to take notes. You can they're like computers. I've never, <laughs> I can't figure out my graphing calculator to be completely honest with you. Yeah. I tried, it won't even let me do simple calculations. I did 3x <laughs> plus 4 and I, well, that's not a calculation, but I did 3x plus 4 on the, you know, the drawing section for it to pump out a function. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't do it. It was saying I had a bunch of errors. I, I can't figure it out. So yeah. I just gave up on my calculator and asked my teacher to use his instead.
0: Yeah. On Tesla, I always use two calculators. One for simple calculations because I have the muscle memory on the scientific calculator. And it's just simpler to use. That's actually really smart. I use the graphing calculator I for that. more yeah, like I got specific a, things. I have a
1: math final in a, about a week and a half. So I, gotta, I should probably use that. Yeah. All right. right.
0: I think it's time to transition. So our last topic for today is whether you should skip ahead grades. So this could be like skipping ahead grades in math is pretty common. Some people double up in science in their sophomore year. So things like that.
1: Yeah. And especially for younger kids, like much younger, like elementary, that's, I think, when it becomes a good thing to skip ahead grades. Um, Because then you can actually, it's proven that younger kids actually can progress a lot faster in schooling And so when you're younger, and maybe you skip first or second grade, and maybe you've had experience with reading and math and things like that, then it actually isn't too much of a makeup that you have to do, and then you're ending up being able to get through school a lot faster. Uh, I know people who have graduated at 17, uh, and then people who skip ahead grades tend to actually do a lot better in the real world, world too. Yeah, and that might... That
0: could be a correlation for one thing. I don't know how much of a help it would be because it's just one year delayed, right? I think the bigger advantage is just giving you more options later on in high school because some some classes might require that
1: you take this certain math class, for example. Yeah, I mean, if you do do it when you're a lot younger, then it's not gonna cause any major problems in the future. Yeah. The only thing that it would be is like, oh, maybe in high school you can't drive, well, all of your classmates can drive. Yeah, that's if you're skipping ahead like a whole grade. Yeah, um, but that's that's honestly not much of a problem. (laughs) I mean, I I actually started school a year early, so I did first grade when it should have been kindergarten. And so (laughs) then my parents had me redo seventh grade just so that I could adapt to actually being within people my own age group. But technically, I could be in my first year of college right now, which that would be kind of nice. But it also gave, you know, staying back a grade and going with everybody else in my class also helped me uh, be able to take more advanced classes in my grade. And a
0: consideration you have to make when skipping like a math class, for example, is that you need to really have mastered the grade that you're going to skip. Yes. And that's, that's something that's very hard to do. Um, in, in the elementary schools, at least what they used to do, I don't know if they still do it, is they have people take fifth grade and sixth grade math at the same time. And how they determine if you do that is based on tests you do in fourth grade. And it's kind of crazy to me that
1: the classes you take in high school are directly related to a test you took in fourth grade. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's certain things in my math classes that right now I wish I paid more attention in 7th grade or 8th grade or whatever, where I'm like, hmm, this is actually probably pretty simple. Yeah. But because I wasn't paying attention when we were doing, you know, long division or whatever, uh, I'm struggling with this now. So (laughs) if you're going to skip ahead, (laughs) you really have to make sure you understand what's going on in that course.
0: My middle school teachers would always blame the fact that we skipped fifth grade math to
1: insult our long division skills yeah long division is a real difficult thing and then division um or just you know trying to find x when it's on the bottom of certain equations and there's you know plus whatever times x all in the same equation i mean that's just a hassle yeah yeah so that's uh kind of where i'm at with my courses right now (laughs) yeah yeah but anyway, skipping ahead grades is something that can be both positive and negative. Some of the positives, uh, you can finish courses a lot faster, uh, you've got more opportunity, and some of the negatives is that you're not around people, your grade, and you don't get that social interaction that you would normally get.
0: Yeah, and I kind of feel bad for the people that weren't in the district in like fifth grade or fourth grade. And so they had to join later. And at that point, it's a lot harder to go up a grade. Because skipping fifth grade math is one thing, skipping like algebra two or precalculus or geometry—that's that's a totally different thing. At that point, the math is a complete year's of content, and you don't really get any breaks.
1: Or if you're doing running start, it's uh, 12 weeks of content. Yeah. No, and honestly, <laughs> so for the precalculus course, it's actually about 24 weeks of content instead of 36 weeks. Uh, which would be a normal high school year. And then for calculus, I think it's split up normal, or pretty close to normal. Um, and then for other courses, it is still a lot faster. So, But it's specifically math that I've noticed is close to how the high school does it. Um, but then for English and history, you can get an entire year's worth done in 12 weeks. Yeah. And if we want to
0: talk about doubling up in science for a minute, I think it's a pretty good option for sophomores to take because what you do is you take biology and then chem 2 honors or physics 2 honors at the same time and i think that's good because biology is it's a one size fits all so there's no honors for that class and biology tends to be it's not one of the harder classes at the school so you can usually take two sciences at once with that so i think that will about wrap up our show Thank you for listening. You can catch us on Spotify under the name That's Debatable or live on Thursdays at 7am. Stay tuned, you're listening to Unity Week on 88.9 The Bridge.